But like when you do, when you have a win, a little win or a big win, it's so significant to be like, okay, let's bask in this for a moment, right? Not as in like, well, now I stop and I don't continue to learn and grow and evolve, but as in like, okay, if I can see how did I do that little win? How could I reproduce it? What, you know, like, what does this say about me and what I love and what my values are and, and where can I take it from now? Like it can just propel you forward on the journey. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement. A movement of women who tune in and turn their selves on. Now you're biohacking a woman's way. Integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic. Conjure your yes. Upgrade. Elevate. Maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement. A movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hey, babe, I've got something really exciting for you here. I am going to give you an incredible opportunity. You know, I've just noticed so many people are getting so upset because they feel quarantine, the quarantine crunch coming down, right? I've had several of my patients reluctantly say they're getting ready to batten down the hatches, you know? And most people have a fear of A, being alone too much, B, gaining a bunch of weight again, and C, becoming depressed about all of it. And I truly get how hard it is to navigate all this right now. I mean, there are outbreaks happening right and left around us. Families are breaking apart because of differing opinions. And it's just a really sad time. That's why I'm offering you an opportunity to not have to stand alone. It's my mission to ensure people don't have to suffer like I did. I've spent much of my life clearing the path to greater well-being so others can attain optimization of their lives. So I'm here for you. I want to be here to hold your hand, to clear your energetics, to employ some spiritual healing with you, to help reset your nervous system and repattern your subconscious programs. And since most people just don't want a big commitment right now, I'm offering a pre-Friday black, a pre-Black Friday sale. And um, we're giving 25% off of our four pack sessions. We have a pack of four sessions where there's no long-term commitment, there's no exams, there's no labs. It's just about me and you sitting down together to make sure you have your energetics set properly so you can handle whatever comes your way with grace and ease. Now, I rarely discount my time, but as we come into this trying time, I wanna make sure you have your needs met and don't feel alone. I wanna make sure your fears of the winter and quarantining can be put aside and I'll give you the guidance and accountability to make sure you move through with stamina, stability, strength, and have the understanding of how to navigate your family, weight, and mood with ease. This pre-Black Friday sale <laughs> is going to be going on until November 20th, 2021. Um, so you've got about a week once this podcast is published to get in on the deal. You can save $225 with that 25% discount. Our four pack session is usually $900 with the 25% discount. It brings it down to only $675. So um, there's no, like I said, there's no commitment, but the sessions must be used within three months. But that's perfect. Like a four session pack is just enough to stay tapped in, feel heard, be seen, and get your needs met while going through this winter storm. I really look forward to working with you if you feel called, uh, go ahead and click the link in the show notes below and we'll make sure you get taken care of 
and make sure you do this before the 20th of November. All right, ladies, much love to you. Ah, awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Women, thank you so much for being here. This is Dr. Brandy Victory, your host of the Ultimate Biohack for Women. I am excited to bring back a guest that we've had previously. I think it was maybe last year. It's Miss Kathleen Trotter. She's a fitness expert. She has multiple uh, degrees and certifications and all different kinds of things. She's written a few books. Uh, Kathleen, thank you so much for being back. It's so exciting to have this conversation. It's my pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's my pleasure, honestly. And I mean that from the depth of my heart, you know, all uh, when I was working this morning with clients and I was like, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. I get to have a wonderful conversation later this afternoon. And I love doing this kind of stuff. I love talking about health and wellness with somebody who's, you know, smart and into it. And, you know, it's just exciting to bring this, I don't know, viewpoint on health to the world. Cause I really believe that so much of us feel like health is this thing, almost like being done to us, that the, the world is like, you should do this. And then it feels like an obligation. And I think that when things feel like an obligation, we have this like adolescent rebellion against it. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. And I want to, yeah. I want everybody listening to feel, no, it's coming from within myself and it's something I'm doing for myself. And it's because I want to be the sort of most energetic, fitter future me that I can be. Um, and when, when it's something that's, that you're excited about and it's from the inside and it's for yourself, it's just a whole different ball game. Um, and so anyway, I'm very happy to be here. Hmm. Yes. And, uh, you know, I really want to tap into that conversation because I mean, it even still happens to me, you know, when I came from, I came from 12 sizes bigger than I am now, bipolar, manic depression, like all kinds of dysfunction in my body and my mind and my life. And, uh, I've overcome a lot. I like, I don't know. I'm a completely different person. I'm lucky to be alive today. Honestly. Um, I would say more blessed. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Um, Congratulations. That's a huge, what an accomplishment, eh? Let's just take a moment and be like, that's not not a little win. That's like a freaking big win. And I'm a really, I'm such a believer in really letting the good in. Um, Rick Hansen, who wrote Resilient and he hosts his podcast, uh, Being Well. And it's, I love it. And anyway, he always says like, you've got to let the good in, like take a moment because we're so good at noting the negatives and noting the things that we do wrong and noting the things that the people that we love in our life does wrong. And then it's like, you end the day and it's like, you've noted everything bad and you've noted the things that you fail, quote unquote failed at, although probably just learned from, but like, but like when you do, when you have a win, a little win or a big win, it's so significant to be like, okay, let's bask in this for a moment, right? Not as in like, well, now I stop and I don't continue to learn and grow and evolve, but as in like, okay, if I can how did I do that little win? How can I reproduce it? What, you know, like, what does this say about me and what I love and what my values are and, and where can I take it from now? Like it can just propel you forward on the journey. Right. So anyway, congratulations. I've given you like a lot of validation for that story. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. You know, yes, yes. And thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, we do forget to, to see how far we've come and celebrate for sure, for sure. So so important. If we, yeah, did, so if we could important. just stop the podcast now. I know, right? right? It's just like, <laughs> okay, mic drop. No, yeah. I think especially, <laughs> no, but on, let's be true. Like, especially for women, it's just, it's very, I think it can be very hard for us to be like, I don't know if it's that we think it's like ego or I've, I'm in this mission. One of my clients a couple of weeks ago said to me, Kathleen, can I challenge you to do something? And I was like, sure. I love a challenge. And she said, you know, 
you often talk about how you get anxious about doing media stuff and you criticize yourself and all this. And she's like, I know you're trying to work on it, but what about if every time for the next two weeks that somebody says to you something positive, like a client says, that was a great session or, you know, or one of my clients with this phrase, he always says in Spanish, it, it, it translates to like roughly, I owe it all to my manager, right? So he's like thanking me. And I'm, I'm so good at being like, oh, well, like, you know, like brushing it off. And she said, just take the next two weeks. And like, when people say those things to you, be like, thank you very much. And let it just sink in. Cause she's like, you always say that to us about when we, you know, have a vegetable or go for a walk. You're like, you're always saying to us, let that sink in. She's like, I don't think that you do that with, with your, with your positives in other ways. And I was like, oh my God. So I've been trying that for two weeks and it's really made a difference. Like I still note the things that I want to get better at. And I still note my challenges and all that stuff. But when somebody gives me a validation, I take a moment and I pause and I literally try to feel it like sink mm -hmm in which is pretty cool right mm, I love that I love yeah. that. yeah and I think it's I don't know I think it's because people think that like noting your wins I think maybe that they think it's sort of ego-driven but I also think that people think it's kind of like wishy-washy or like it's too nice or it's like you're letting yourself off the hook and unless you're like oh my god work harder 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 you're not going to keep going um, and I think it's the opposite, right? I think the trick of new noting your wins is that it allows you to feel proud. It allows you to feel like you're in a safe space, your, your own self safe container. And then when you feel those positive things that allows you to actually continue because you feel, well, you feel like you're on the right track. And I think that shaming yourself um, and belittling yourself we think that it's going to do the trick, but it actually doesn't because when you shame yourself, you're telling yourself like you are the type of person who is a failure, basically, right? Like the difference between guilt and shame, shame is you are the person, guilt is you did a not great thing. So it's, I, as I said to my clients, right? Like it's totally valid to say, oh, I had, you know, five cookies and I really only planned to have one. And okay, so why did I have the cookie? Did I let myself get too hungry? Was I too stressed? Like that's noting the cookie, that's the issue, that's the guilt, that's the behavior. For sure, change the behavior. But if you start to say like, oh my God, I had a cookie. So I'm a lazy person or I'm a bad person or I'm destined mm -hmm. to be fat forever or like whatever. Then you start to think of yourself as that type of a person and that identity. And then that just makes you want to have more cookies because you're like, well, if I'm like a lazy person, why don't I just keep eating the cookies? So yeah. I don't know. How did we get there from little wins? But I think it's all <laughs> part of that same thing. It's like being on your own team, right? And saying to yourself, yeah. okay, here's where I was 10 years ago. Let me be proud of where I've come. Here's where I want to go in 10 years. And what things like, what positives do I want to reproduce? And you only know the positives you want to reproduce if you could note the positives that you've already done, right? So it's like, okay, note the positives, then I can reproduce yeah. them, put myself in a mental headspace that makes me excited to keep going. Um, and then in 10 years, I can be an even more fitter future me, right? So, yes. yeah. Okay, Kathleen, I know you just didn't wake up with all this wisdom. So how did you get here? And I'm, I'm actually going to link uh, okay. the show notes to our previous conversation. Yes. Talk yes. a little bit more about where you came from. But just for those that haven't heard that story, how did you get here? Oh, goodness. Well, I think it's just a lot of lived experience. When you say I'm wise, oh my God, a lot of failures, a lot of like growth, a lot of therapy. I've been in therapy for 20 years. Um, and a lot of just like learning to kind of show up and keep going. And 
Um, anyway, so the net, the sort of short version of the story is I grew up a very sort of overweight, insecure kid. My mom um, was a classical theater actress, so we moved around and she was a single mom. So we moved around a lot depending on where she was working. And I just didn't really fit in. And I was the kind of kid who could quote Shakespeare, but like didn't know what television was on. And I don't know, I would show up at a new school and I was tall. So people would think that I was like the supply teacher. And I just didn't have a lot of friends and I was kind of awkward and just I wasn't very secure in my own skin. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about my health profession, because I want, I want people to be more secure in their own skin, you know, but it is a journey. So basically what happened was when I was, I don't know, like 16 or so, my mom said to me, um, I know that you don't like being active with your friends or like with your peer group, because I would do anything. I would lie to get a gym class. And, you know, she tried everything. She signed me up for dance. She signed me up for hockey. She signed me up for softball. She like everything. And like, none of it worked. Wow. And she just sort of said, yeah, and she's like such a good mom. She just sort of said, you know what, Kathleen, being active has to be a non-negotiable, but if all of these other ways don't work for you, that is fine. We have to find a way that works for you. And that was sort of the premise of my first book, Finding Your Fit, this idea that being active has to be a non-negotiable, right? So for everybody listening, if you get that one thing from me, it's like you wake up in the morning and you think how, like where am I going to fit some movement in? And it could be dancing around your living room. It could be playing a sport. It could be going to the gym. It could be walking your kids to school. Like anything, like there's no right or wrong, but it is a non-negotiable and you have to find what works for you. So it doesn't matter what works for Kathleen. It doesn't matter what works for your favorite celebrity. It doesn't even matter what works for like your mom or your dad or your husband or like whatever. It matters what you can do consistently. And that's what my mom really helped me find that I was better if I went to the gym, this membership to the Y, because the demographic at the Y was like over 40 or under five. So I didn't have to see people I, of my own age. And that was where my insecurities came from, right? So we went to the Y and I started walking for 10 minutes. And then I started doing some weight training, like, you know, using the machines. And then I, you know, walked for 20 minutes and then 30. And then I started taking aerobics classes. And finally, I took so many aerobics classes that um, the, the person who um, headed the like group exercise at the Y said, do you want to teach? And that was my start of this career, right? So I don't know. I think the the messages that I get from that experience is you got to make your stepping stone in really, really easy. As in like my mom didn't say you have to go and walk for an hour. She said 10 minutes. So 10 minutes, it was like a benchmark I could make. It was a little win I could do. And then the little win sort of spiraled slowly. Um, and I think the mistake that we get into with fitness is we try to, to, to bite off more than we can chew. We make the price of admission so high that we can never pay it. Like, it's like, oh, I got to go to a two hour workout or I have to go running. And it's like, well, but you haven't worked out in 10 years. So like walk around the block and like, you can get to a two hour workout, right? Like you have to start to get great, but you don't have to be great to start. So Ooh, I love you, that. Right. That's a great quote. Isn't that great? And it's, but it's that idea of the little wins, right? It's like, make it small enough that you can do it and then do it over and over and over again versus making it so big that you either never do it or you do it once and then you stop mm -hmm. yeah. and get out of your own head because we think like, oh, well, if it's not a good enough workout, it's not worth it. Or if I'm not going to be perfect today, first of all, there is no perfect. And the only thing that matters is that you're on your journey, right? Like you're slowly step-by-step step, moving in a direction, you know? And if you fall off your fitness course, you get back on, you learn from the experience and you get back on a more informed rider. And 
I don't know, you just keep going. Um, but mainly you don't have to be the, the perfect exerciser to start. You just have to be sort of willing to be messy and bumble along and, and start, you know, meet yourself where you are, right? Like, I don't know, like where, how did your journey, was there one thing that you, I mean, probably listeners already know this, but for me, I don't know, like was, what was your first little win? Like, how did you first go from, you said you were a bunch of sizes heavier. And like, was there something that you remember where you're like, yeah, that was my first little, little towing into the scary world of health? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I don't know anyone's actually ever asked me that. So my answer, I'm going to fumble around to here for a minute. Um, you know, I was very active as a child, gymnastics mm -hmm. and ballet and tap and twirling mm -hmm. and all the things. And um, when I started, I, I, I've always had a, a self-image complex about being fat for a number of reasons. And of course you grow into what you think you, you believe yourself yeah, to be. Yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah. And so I was in this constant battle within about how am I going to get fit, you know? And I, I yeah. saw my mom, I witnessed her, she was anorexic. She would literally eat one lemon drop and drink Aww. at night and drink coffee during the day. Like that was her way. And, and I tried being anorexic, but it didn't work yeah. for me. So it became bulimic. That mm. didn't work for me either. <laughs> I yeah. just kept gaining more weight and more weight. And so I, I started picking up muscle and fitness magazines mm. and, and I, I, I was really drawn to the women, honestly, because yeah. they were so opposite of what my mom was. Yeah. Right? And they're like strong and yeah. 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 Even though they were on testosterone and all the hormones and <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would never want to be that now, but it was enticing for me back then. So I got into the gym and I just started working out. And same as you, I, I got really into aerobics and then I started teaching and I taught step for many years and all the different things. And um, I think little by little, I started feeling wins with that. Yeah. However, the the there was this... There, even though I, I got tone and fit and my body mm -hmm. got, you know, really in good shape, there was still this underlying conversation that was going on in the background of you're not good enough, yeah. you're fat, and you know, all that was kind of on the in the background. And so mm -hmm. I would go, I would have yo-yos, you know, I'd get really yeah. fit and then I'd gain weight and then I get fit. Yeah gain weight. So, um, you know, I don't know if there's a direct answer to your question rather mm -hmm. than maybe that was kind of the beginning of it. Uh, I think really for me, when I, I felt like when I overcame, like mm -hmm. I would not consider myself bipolar anymore. Mm -hmm. I certainly am not 12 sizes bigger than I am anymore. And, and I don't really go back and forth in that yo-yo stuff anymore. Uh, and, and I think that I believe that the reason why is because I met a couple of doctors. One was a functional medicine doctor and mm -hmm. another one worked in the quantum healing world, which is what I do now. And, you know, mm -hmm. clearing the subconscious patterns and the, oh, so the important. Systems, like like I can mm -hmm. talk about it in therapy all day long, but in the, mm -hmm. it's still running in the background. Absolutely. So yeah. Hard, right. Yeah. Yeah. What well, what I love, well, no, I just, I love everything you just said. And I, I think that it tracks with everything I talk to all my clients about one, that it's a journey, right. And two, that you never know exactly where you're going to go. So you just have to try stuff. And the worst that happens is you try something and it doesn't work. And then you're like, okay, interesting. Every experience is just data. So you're like, okay, so I fell off the horse. Fine. How do I get back on? How do I get back on a more informed rider? Oh, interesting. I met this really interesting person. What can I learn? Right. And the biggest thing is not to wait until you're ready to just start in whatever small way that you can. And to realize that when you're talking about the battle in your head, right? I think that 
we all have those voices in our head. And I think that often we can think, oh my God, I'm the only one. I, and then we can, again, we go back to that shame. Like we can shame ourselves. We can belittle ourselves for being the person who yo-yos up and down for the person who has a battle in her head. And here's the thing, health and wellness is a billion dollar industry, which means we are not the only one having this battle. We are not the only one yo-yoing, right? right and I think that one of the things that I really try to instill in everybody that I and everybody that I work with is that you're not alone. Like if this wasn't hard, I wouldn't have a job. If this wasn't hard, it wouldn't be a billion dollar industry. Like this is hard because people try to pretend that health and wellness is in this box and then mental health is in this box and mindset is in this box. It's all one big freaking box. It's our human, right? And you yeah. can't separate out how you eat and how you move from how you think about yourself, from your childhood, from, from what you're eating, right? Like what we eat actually creates so much of our of how we're thinking. Like if you're starving yourself, you are going to be in a totally different mindset. Like try to go without food for a while and, and then be like a rational human. It just doesn't work. Try to go without sleep and try to be a rational human. It doesn't work. Right. So everything that we put into our body from what we eat to how we sleep, to how we think to our past history affects who we are. And I think that that, and, and that's just not us. That is all of us like that is being human and you know the amount of times I say that my clients like they'll come in I'll be like oh my god you know I knew I should go to bed last night but I didn't and I just like stayed up and I watched Netflix and now I'm exhausted and then they'll start to belittle themselves and I'm like okay calm down we've all done that like yeah. that is that's just normal and as soon as you can realize like I'm not saying that you should do it again but what I'm saying is like that just means that you are a human being. You are a human living on this earth. And part of the process of living is learning how to deal with all this stuff. Um, uh, Dan Harris, who he's the host of the podcast, 10% Happier, and he wrote the book, 10% Happier. Mm -hmm. And um, he has this phrase, I love him. And he has, he has these two things that he says that I think it's really great. He says, it's just nature. And then he talks about like um, evolutionary, bequ bequeathed evolutionary, um, uh, circuitry that we have. And it's basically just his idea of, it's like, so I'll explain. I, 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 it's such a cool idea. So it's this idea that we as humans have certain physiological, biological circuitry in our body. It's, it's just nature as in like, it's what we were born with. And once you can understand, it's like how your brain works, how your hormones work, that you can step back and think, this is not me. This is not a problem that I have created. This is not me being a bad person this is just me being a human. So then how do I deal with it? Right? Like that, the discussion that you're having in your head, that self-talk, that's yeah. not special to you. It's not special to me. It's, we have this constant debate. We have this like the constant between the conscious mind and the, like, and the unconscious brain. We have hormones racing through our bodies. We have brain circuitry um, and you have to know that it's there and then learn how to manage it versus being like, oh my God, it's only me. I'm the only one who does this. Right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty passionate about about all this stuff because I just think that we hold ourselves like we're very unproductively hard on ourselves versus being productively hard on ourselves. Like I'm very hard on myself, but right? Okay, you're like, hold on. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, okay, let's let's will you repeat that for just a second? Because I need that. To yeah. I know. I get all like talky talky. Okay. So we are very un we are very unproductively hard versus being productively hard. So I'll, I'll explain that. And then I'll give an example of what I mean by one of these, like, it's just nature, you know, bequeathed uh, circuitry uh, examples. Um, 
So imagine all the people out there who don't go to the gym and who eat foods they're not proud of or stay up late watching Netflix. And then for like 24 hours, they think, oh my God, I should have worked out. Oh my God, why did I eat so much? Oh my God, I'm so lazy. Like the amount of negative self-talk that we have and we're spending energy saying these things to ourselves, right? So we're super hard on ourselves, but that kind of self-talk, that type of belittling, like thinking about it doesn't do any good. You only get healthier by action, right? So if instead you said, okay, it's interesting. I stayed up late. That put me now, I'm tired today. Where do you think that happened? Do you think me staying up late was because I had too much coffee? So then I was wired. So then I stayed up late. So maybe my staying up late actually started, you know, four coffees earlier. Maybe I had too much sugar, or maybe I have a life where I never feel that I'm giving time to myself. So then at 11 o'clock at night, this is like the only time I have for myself. So then I stay up to get right. So then the problem is not that you stayed up late. The problem is that maybe you need to build five or 10 minute little breaks throughout your day. So you don't get to 11 o'clock being like, oh my God, I didn't give myself anything. So that's what I mean by like, I analyze everything that I do. I don't sort of say to myself, oh, well, like, who cares? It doesn't matter. I stayed up till one in the morning. Like it does matter, but I find a way to analyze it, use it. And then my being hard on myself is very productive. It's like, okay, so what do I have to do in order for me to go to bed at night? It's a good time. Okay. I have to stop drinking coffee by 10 a.m. in the morning. I have to, you know, I have to build in 20 minute breaks for lunch and dinner and breakfast. So I don't end the day feeling completely overwhelmed and exhausted. Um, so it, it's turning the sort of like chatter, 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 chatter into a productive dialogue so that you can move forward with actions that are actually going to make you feel better. And remembering that action is the key. Like we are so good at thinking about stuff. We're so good at yelling at ourselves but we're not as good at actually turning that into action. And the action is really the only thing that in the end matters uh, if you want to create a fitter future self. I don't know. Does any of that land for you? Oh, totally. It totally lands. And yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. Of course, you know, um, I, I love what you're doing because when you're, you're essentially not only training people's physical body for fitness, but you're also training their mind, which from my perspective, because because me and my teachers, we talk about circuitry as well. And you can mm -hmm. change your circuitry, right? Which yes, is, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The things that you're doing and teaching your people are really helping them change their circuitry on a, not just a neurological, not just physical level, but on a neurological Absolutely. Yeah. level. That's, that's powerful stuff. Thank you. Well, you know, the second book, Your Fittest Future Self, that's there's sort of in the book, I go through kind of the three legs of the table, the nutrition, the workout and the mindset. But understanding that all three of them are important because you can't actually make yourself do like you can't make yourself eat the way you want to eat or work out if you don't have that mindset dialed in. So it's not enough. The knowledge is not enough of like, you know, to do more lunges or to go for a walk. You have to be able to figure out like how to make yourself do that stuff. Right. And that comes back to understanding that it's just nature or understanding, um, our circuitry. So I'll give you an example. So, um, our brain has an internal, um, like a spam filter, meaning like we literally cannot take everything in because our brains would explode. Like if you think about all the stimulus that is coming at us all the time, so our brain filters, okay, what's important and what's not. Now that is circuitry. That is something that is given to us. And it's actually a really good thing. But if you don't know that it's happening, it can sort of harm you, right? Like if you think about, you go to the grocery store and it's set up to sell you things. They put all the things that are most 
that they want to sell like at eye level, right? So you, cause you're more likely to kind of default to what's, what you can see in front of you. Um, and you're going to default to what you already know and what you already buy and you filter out the rest. So you kind of have to be, we have to be like, okay, so interesting. I know that my brain defaults to what I was easily in my awareness, right? I know that. And I know that my spam filter filters for certain things based on my life experiences, what I think is important. Like, you know, it, chatter can happen. And if you hear your name, you're like, oh, you hear your name, right? Or if you have, you just bought a red car, you're more likely to see the red car. Cause it's like, or I have a Corgi puppy. I'm much more likely to see the Corgi puppy now than three years ago when I, I didn't even know a Corgi existed, right? So I just like it completely went into my spam filter, right? So if you know that this is part of who we are as a human, you got to be your own marketer. You got to reset your spam filter to be like, okay, I want to have certain things like healthy things that I'm going to pay attention to. And so you could put a photo on the fridge of um, how, how you want to feel or, or a quote that keeps being fit and healthy in your awareness. You can yeah. put all the healthy things in your cupboards at more eye level. You can um, put visuals of healthy food, like up on things. You can have little post-it notes. You could like, it's all about saying to yourself, okay, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to watch less television and exercise more. Okay. So then put your running shoes out that where you can see them and take the battery out of your remote control. So if you want to watch television, it's not easy, right? So you're, ah, you're more, right, right, right. So it, but it's like a, such a small little change. Huh. I love, there's a book um, called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks a lot about the idea of like lowering the activation energy needed for healthy things and increasing the activation energy needed for unhealthy. So he has an example of, um, like putting the television in a cupboard. So you actually have to, if you want to watch television, like go out, take it out, put it on, you know, like so that's yeah. probably for most people a little bit excessive. So I use the, the, um, the batteries and the remote control as an example, but you can literally just use anything that will work for you. Once you know, okay, I got to make the stuff easy. I got to make, I got to reset my spam filter just so I notice things that are healthy for me. I got to make it as convenient and easy as possible because my brain has too many things to filter. It has too many things to think about. And the more, you know, children you have or higher, you know, busy job, like there's so much going on. So make it easy for yourself and realize that this is your brain. Like these functions of your brain are actually really positive. It's keeping you alive. Like literally, as I said, your brain would explode otherwise. Like it's not possible to live without these uh, tricks that your brain play on you. And once you know that it happens, then you're like, okay, so I can use this as, to my advantage to become healthy versus criticizing myself when I do the thing that my brain is made to do. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And, and I don't know, for me, I find it hard. And I, I find that my patients sometimes find it hard too to just, well, I'm just going to change the story. I'm just going to quit, quit, you know, being hard on myself. Like it is, it does. I don't think it happens that quickly. And oh my God, I've been in therapy for 20 years and I still, <laughs> oh my God, sometimes I just get in my own head so much. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. But and I don't even know if it ever completely goes away. I really don't. I think it's more just that it gets a little bit softer. Um, we get better at noting it earlier. So like if I'm going to start to spiral, I spy, I notice the spiral earlier. So it's yeah. not like four days, four days later. Um, you know, they talk about in meditation, this idea of like a swivel chair and meditation helps you note the swivel. So instead of swiveling like four times, you like bring yourself back to your center, um, you know, 
first it's like you swivel four times and you bring back to center. Then it's you swivel three times and you come back to the center. And then it's yeah. two times. And then, and then eventually it's like, it's before you've even actually swiveled. You're just like almost going to that you kind of bring yourself back. And I think that that's more the goal of life. Like there's no such thing as perfection. And there's no such thing as anybody that has like a completely perfect self-talk. But if you know your triggers and you know, when you go off the rails, both in your head, but also with your health and fitness, like if you know that a certain food is a trigger, or if you know, a certain activity is a trigger, or if you know that you have a really hard time, if you get sad, then instead, like, once you know that you can be like, okay, so the next time I'm sad, I'm going to say, I'm going to phone a friend instead of, you know, like having a binge eat or whatever, like, but it's so much of it is like learning who you are, what your triggers are, what your red flags are, and then building in systems to take care of those red flags um, versus like thinking that one day you're going to have no triggers. Like we all have triggers. We all have a hard time in our head sometimes, but I don't know. It's, it's gets a little bit easier. It's a little bit softer. I know slightly better what to do. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I like your swivel chair analogy. Like that's, that's cool. You know, I, I actually, actually this morning I was just talking to my boyfriend and I have a really, really good friend who I've been friends with her for a very long time. And over, over the years, I've seen patterns of bipolar. Mm. Okay. And, interesting. Yeah. And, and she's smart cookie and she takes care of herself and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, but it's funny now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, I'm trying to process this right now. Cause um, she's in a swing and a very manic swing mm-hmm. and making decisions in her life that aren't necessarily supportive. And from my perspective, yeah. um, you know, and so I was having this conversation with him this morning and, um, and, and, and I said to him, I said, you know, uh, he's like, I think she might be. And I'm like, yeah, she is. She yeah. is in a manic state. And, and it, he's like, I was like, it's not that I know this because I see what she's doing. It's like, I can feel her energetic, yeah. like the most subtle shift in her energy. Yeah. I can feel, and I know yeah. that pattern really, really, really well. And I'm yeah. stating this because I, I feel like it, it goes back to what you're saying about the swivel chair. Like when yes. I was in the throes of bipolar manic depression, I didn't even understand that. Yeah, I you're just like, sw- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now my chair yeah, doesn't yeah. swivel at all. I mean, it might it might get a little sideways. Yeah, you sort of, and then, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> what, yeah. what are no, we doing yeah. causing the yeah. sideways swivel? Because I don't like that at all. I right. don't like it, exactly. Yeah, I don't like it to where it's going to go. And, you know, first of all, let me validate that. Like, how cool is that you could notice, like, you know, when you're about to swivel and like, that's awesome. And that's, that's a realistic goal, right? To be able to stop the swivel yeah. sooner. And that swivel, like, again, it just goes back to like, it's just nature. Like, we all have something that we're sort of slightly predisposed to swivel where, you know, maybe it's depression, maybe it's anxiety, like whatever it is. And if you can note it and you can know, like, I love this idea of taking a pause and stepping back and kind of witnessing things. So if you have a list of sort of red flag things that, you know, okay, well, if I see this person or if I do this thing, or if I eat this food or whatever it is, then it tends to send me down a bad, bad road or, or a red flag of like, you know, that when you start to do X, like if you start to stay, well, for me, it's coffee is a big thing. It's like, I, I do drink a cup of coffee in the morning and I love it. But if I have coffee past like 10 AM in the morning, it really sets a spiral where then I can't sleep and then I don't sleep and then I want sugar. And then it just yeah so like that's a red flag for me okay have I have I had been drinking more coffee right like they're just just a bunch of things that I have a bunch of things that I'm like okay I have to just watch out for that list of things um but 
we all have that, right? And, you know, I've had, I, when I was younger, I had large debates of depression where I didn't want to get, get out of bed. And, and so I also can note those thoughts and those, and I know, okay, if I'm feeling these things, okay, what do I have to do? I have to go for a walk. I have to phone a friend. I have, so I think it's just about being kind and knowing and realizing that this is a journey and it's all the goal is never, ever, ever perfection because that doesn't exist. And we all ebb and flow slightly. Like we always vacillate, but you want to be vacillating in a higher paradigm, right? So, you know, if 20 years ago, my good days, my good day was having only 10 treats and, you know, yeah. getting out of bed in the morning. And my bad day was like not getting out of bed and eating like 75 bad pieces of food. Right. So then now I look like I have days where they're not as great. I don't exercise You know, I don't do as fully what I wanted to do, or I sleep in a little bit, or I hit the snooze button or like, but my good days are better and much more consistent than they used to be. And my bad days are fewer and much less intense. And that's the trick is you just want it like we're always going to be doing this yeah but can you be doing this at a higher level yeah and with more awareness so that when you do have one of those not great days or not great moments or where your head is going crazy and you're being super negative with yourself you can be like okay let's take a pause like what is going on what can I learn what can I do again I go back to action is important right like think okay what will make me feel better what will turn the tides so I don't go more into my bad place right yeah. And again, I go back to physically, like, how can you change your physiological state? Like go for a walk, like change what is going on in your body, call a friend, meditate, do some weights, like do something. Um, Tony Robbins has this thing where he says like state story strategy. So he says like, if you're in a bad place, you first change your physiological state, right? So going for a walk, doing a workout, meditating, anything that changes um, that. And then once you're in a better physiological state, the story of what's going on in your life will be a little bit different. Like if you're in a lethargic, poor state, you're going to be like, woe is me. I'm a victim. I don't have agency. And so your strategy is going to be like, oh, well, if I don't have agency and I'm a victim, I might as well eat a bunch of food and stay lying on the sofa. Right. But if you go and do something like a walk, you change your physiological state, your story is probably going to be slightly more positive. And then the strategy you use will be different as well, right? So I'm a big believer in like, before I create any type of story of what's going on in my life, even if it's a fight with my partner, James, like if we're in a debate, we will often say to each other, let's just go for a walk. Like, let's change, like flip this for a second. And then when you come back from the walk, the story of what's going on is usually different. So then the strategy that you use is different. Right? So yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think there's another piece. I mean, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm feeling also that there's also a level of willingness that comes along oh, yes. with the things that yeah. you're discussing right now, because I know, I mean, it's hard, like right now is a hard time in the world, right? Everybody oh my God. Absolutely. I am not saying any of this is easy. Believe me. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I don't, I get you. And I, I think it's just important for people, especially women. I don't, cause I'm, I'm a woman and I know that I have to kind of constantly check myself on, on where is my willingness level. Like recently I, I, I found out that I was exposed to, I had a mold toxicity. And so I've been kind of battling that. And then I got a re-exposure and then it, oh my God, it was terrible. And like my, mm-hmm. my workouts that I like to do in the gym went down mm-hmm. to like 10 or 15 minutes was all I had. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so there was this, like this it's so easy for my head to get into a place of, it's not yeah. worth it. It's not what's 10 minutes. Right. And I yeah. feel so shitty that I might yeah. as well just 
eat whatever I can yeah. and lay in bed and watch Netflix. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then in that moment, right. Where's my level of willingness? Like, where's yeah, my I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I also, I mean, if you had been my client, I think probably what I would have said is the thing is, is that on days you feel good, you don't need the workout on days. You feel like crap, even three minutes of movement, right? Like I always say something is better than nothing. And I say to my clients, the yeah. worse your day, the more important some little bit of movement is going to be because 10 minutes could change that whole trajectory. Yeah. So it means that 10 minutes means you feel better. So you phone a friend and then you phone a friend. So you guys meet for coffee and then that gets you out a little bit of walking and then you meet for coffee and then they're like, oh, maybe we should start yeah. this side hustle business. Or like, yeah. who knows? You just never know where it's going to go. But you know, where lying on the sofa is going to go, which is like not nowhere very, you know, nowhere fast. Right. Um, but I, it also takes me to, I love, love, love my Peloton. And one of the Peloton instructors, mm. I'm actually now blanking on who, but she always says this idea of give your body what it needs, not what it wants. And meaning uh, by that is, which I, is that great? Okay. Let's just take a pause. Like need versus want, because in the moment you're like, oh my God, all I want is the Netflix. Right. But really what your body needs is some type of gentle motion. And you might want an hour long, crazy workout. But yeah. if you have mold toxicity, what you need is probably some meditation, some gentle stretching, maybe yeah. 10 minutes of fresh air. So if you step back and you think, okay, it's not about being lazy or being um, like, a, you know, being it's a good workout or a bad workout. Instead, it's a, the workout that my body needs versus the workout that my body wants. Right. And that also means that if you're having a really good day and you're like, oh, you know, I just want to do a little bit of yoga, then you're like, well, actually, is that what you need today? No, like you're having, you have a lot of energy, like go out and, you know, rock the weight room. So I don't know. I, I like that phrasing because I think it's tricky to like, sometimes you do just like the thing your body really needs is some stretching, some foam rolling, some meditation. And that's really good. Um, but it feels like not enough, but it's actually what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yesterday, actually, I, I had intended when I work up, I was like, I'm going to get in the gym today. And then I did my, I started my meditation and literally it was like an hour and a half. I was in there journaling and meditating and chanting and doing all the things. And then I ran out of time and then I got home from my day and my boyfriend, I was like, man, I wish I would have worked out. And he's like, wait a minute. And I was like, oh, same exact thing. Yeah. It's like, that's probably what you needed was the, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard. And I think, I think it's hard. And I think when you accept that it's okay, that it's hard and I don't, you you don't have to be perfect. Right. Like, and that every day is this, like, it is a journey and like, that sounds so trite, but it's just so true. And every day is a challenge, but it's a challenge. That's like a really good challenge to have. It's what I would call a problem of privilege, right? Like the privileges that you can move your body, the privileges that we're alive. Like these are good things to be wrestling with. Like there's, you know, it's, it's not a wrestling of like, Oh my God, I have COVID. Like, this is like a wrestle. This is like a good problem, right? It's like, should I meditate or should I go for a run or should I lift some weights? Like what an amazing problem to have. Right? Like, like just like step back a second. We get in our own way. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's like, shut up. Like it's a good yeah. problem. Like shut, shut up. up. Like it's just shut up, you know? So, right. I don't know. I don't know. I, that's definitely part of my self-talk. Like I'm a big believer in self-talk. And one of the things I just say to myself is like, first of all, it's supposed to be hard. Like this is life. Is it hard and not that hard? Not like, well, what was me hard, but just like, it's a challenge. And like, that's okay. It's a privilege of being alive. Um, no one said it was going to be easy. And also like, I don't know, do any of us really like when things are too easy? Like, it's just, I don't know. There's something, I don't feel good. 
to be like, yeah, this was challenging. Like, you don't want a challenge of like, you know, again, like you don't want the bad challenge. You don't want the COVID challenge. You don't want the, but I just mean in general, like, you know, if I have to push myself to get to the gym and then I do it, I'm like, yeah, I did it. Like, it feels yeah. good to be able to be like, as you said, to use your word, like I have the willingness, I have the willingness to push through, yeah. you know, what is hard. Yeah. Um, and then I have the compassion to say to myself, like, yeah, I'm doing my best. And that's all that I can do. You know, that's where it's at. That's what I had to come yeah. to yesterday. I was like, oh, right. I was listening to my body. I was literally exactly. like, I don't really ever sit in meditation for an hour and a half. Like, that's no, like, if that's what I'm you like, needed. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh, that's cool yeah. that I did that. Right. Totally. Instead of beating myself yeah. up about it's it. Hard yeah. Not to, yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm. I've never sat in meditation for an hour and a half. So I like, I, my hat's off to you. Like that's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. It's also, there's this, uh, Kristen Neff, she has a book on self-compassion and she has this idea of warrior self-compassion versus, I think she calls it caring compassion, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on the name, but it's basically this idea of like, sometimes the most compassionate thing to, that you can do for yourself is to push yourself, right? Sometimes the, the most thing that you can do is, yeah, you don't want to do your workout, go to the right weight room and lift really heavy weights. Like that's warrior capacity. That's like push yourself to do the thing you don't want to do. Work harder, be harder, right? But sometimes the thing your body actually needs is caring compassion, which is mm-hmm. you should not, you're too overwhelmed. You're too stressed out right now. Your body doesn't need more weights. What it needs is a bath. What it needs is meditation. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what does your body need versus what does your body want? And I love that because I think depending on your personality, um, like I'm the type of person actually that I bias towards always being warrior compassion. Like I'm always like, no, go for a run. Do that thing. And <laughs> that's great. And a lot of people actually really need that. Right. But a lot of people, especially us women, we like are like warrior all the time. It's like, get the kids to school, you know, get the, get, go to work, get the groceries, do like, it's all this stuff. And like, we push, we push, we push. And that's hard on our hormones. It's hard on our stress levels. It's hard on the body. So sometimes it's actually what we need is like do 20 minutes of yoga and have a bath. And that's literally what your physiology needs um, to be healthy and to be happy. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, and, and, you know, I hear you and I, and I say these things to my patients. Right. And I'm like, wow, you know, I can see though, that there's some things like, I'm just kind of processing my own stuff right here. Cause it's just what we're talking about. No, Um, I love it. we're, we're like in this moment, I'm getting ready to go be with my family for the holidays and this and that, yeah. and it always brings up stuff. Right. And so my, my inner question as you're talking is, yeah. And who is the one, like when you're being mean to yourself, who is the one who is being mean to you? I like, know. It's not your highest self being mean to you. Who is being no. mean to you? Yeah. And where does that come from? Right. Maybe yeah. it's your six-year-old who is mad that she has to go do something or she Absolutely. wants to play. And if that's yeah. your six-year-old who wants to play, well, then go play. Like, how yeah, do you go play? have fun. Let's yeah, fun, yeah, right? so true. So, yeah. yeah, just checking in with yourself about who's actually driving the bus, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. There's this um, therapy called IFS therapy. Have you ever heard of it? IFS? IFS, Interfamily System Therapy. Have you heard no. of it? Okay. No, so this is my gift to you. Do some reading on IFS. It's super cool. So basically, in a nutshell... Henry Schwartz, I think, created it. I don't don't call me on the name, but anyway. So basically, he used to work with families, like kids and um, parents. And what he always said that was really interesting was that you you know you can't just treat the child; you have to look at the family as well. Because if you take the child, right? So then he then he started to work with individuals, and what he realized was we all have 
basically like a family within herself. And you can't deal with one part without understanding it in relation to the parents, in relation to, so I don't actually mean that I have a mother and a father within me that, although that, I mean, you could have voices of those people in me as well. What I mean is that we are not in IFS theory. We're not an onion where we're taking all the layers away and there's one true self. We are a garlic clove. So there's multiple selves. So when, right. So if we're like 11 o'clock at night and we want to stay up, then part of it could be the six-year-old who was never allowed to watch television. Who's like, no, but I want to watch TV. And then the person saying, go to bed is your current higher self. And then there's another part of you that says like, who's your adolescent who was always told what to do by your parents. And you're like, I don't want to be told what to do. I'm the boss of me. So it's like these different parts from different ages and also voices from what your parents said. And I love it because it really actually is very helpful to me that it's not like, it's not me versus somebody else. It's just different things that I believe that are all sort of challenging themselves to know what is sort of most relevant in that moment. Um, And then I actually try to talk to those selves. So it's like, if somebody's like, oh, but I want to stay up, I'll say like, oh, that's interesting. Like, okay, well, what about if we stay up on Friday night where you don't have to work the next day? Or what about, you know, like, what are other things that we could do? Or, you know, because you're really not going to feel great tomorrow if you stay up, like, and then you're going to be tired and then you're going to be crabby. And like, so I try to sort of, instead of saying like, you know, shut up or you're being stupid or, you know, like stop being lazy or what, like, it's more of a like, okay, how do I discuss with the different parts of me in a kind Mm -hmm way and and know that it's coming from somewhere at some part of my life I don't know I don't know if yeah. that lands at all for you but it, I it you know, actually said does, about the yeah. six-year-old yeah it's kind of cool. yeah I yeah I I love yeah. therapy too and my therapist yeah, works yeah, yeah. a lot with my inner child business yeah so, yeah, so it's I like an inner it's like an inner child but it's just this idea of it's it's not trying to get to your one core element it's literally yeah. in this garlic clove and some of your cloves are bigger and smaller and you might yeah. have sort of like your your more sort of authentic, true, like grown up might be the largest part of the garlic clove kind of idea, but they're all part of you. It's not that you're trying to annex one part of you away. It's all together. So I I don't know. Anyway, I I love it. Like, listen, no therapy, no one modality gives you all the answers, but but it has been sort of an interesting piece to my development. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy is so cool. Yeah. Um, well, then thank you for there for sh- uh, sharing what you're going through because I think it's it's useful for people to hear us talk and think like, okay, these are fitness and health professionals and they don't have it all together. Like I could tell you so much of the different things that I've struggled with and like, you know, my disordered eating from the past and like my stuff with my dad and my mom and like the point is 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 I think that people look at people like us and they're like, oh, they have it all figured out that, you know, they never fall. And it's like, are you kidding? Like, that is just not true. No, um, no, so it's, it's good not for true. Hear, yeah, it's not true. It's good for people to hear what you're, you know, what you're muddling through and what I'm muddling through yeah. and to realize that it's, again, it just goes back to sort of, it's just nature. Like, it's just our evolutionary gift that we have these like voices, this ability to discuss things in our own head. Like, that's a very cool part of being human. And we just have to learn how to use it for good, not evil, you know, so use it. So it serves us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, everybody has their story, right. And, and, you know, my story from the past, something I overcame a long time ago that I started this conversation with was my past. Like I, I wasn't sick, if you will, for a long time. And then when this whole mold thing came up, I was like, what the heck is happening to me? So I'm, I'm getting to learn again. But what I love about that is that it's making me a better doctor. It's making yeah. me more conscious about what my body needs in this moment, as opposed to what I, like you're saying, what I think it 
needs or what it used to need. Um, yeah, yeah, it's making me have more compassion for my patients because, you know, when you're not hurting and you haven't hurt for a long time, when you have people in your life who hurt, you're kind of, it's kind of easy to not have a lot of compassion, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree with that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's so so, true. Yeah. Well, and I loved what you just said about the, the, what you need now versus what you used to need. Like, I think that's also just an interesting piece that we haven't really discussed of this idea that part of the trickiness of health is that who we are now and what we need in our like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s is very different, right? And so it's kind of a moving target all the time, which I think is one of the reasons why people can get really frustrated because the things that their body needed and did worked really well with, like the foods they could eat and the amount of sleep they might need and the exercise in the in different life stages is so different. Mm. Um, and so really realizing that you and what you need versus what you want what will fit with your body will evolve and change. And again, that's a problem of privilege, right? Like that's a good thing. It means you're still alive, but it also is very tricky. And it's hard because if you, you know, if you used to be able to digest a food and now you can't, or you used to be able to survive on X amount of sleep and now you can't, or whatever it is, or you used to be able to run and now you can't, like those type of shifts are a challenge for sure, you know? So I get that. And, and I think that again, if you can sort of think, okay, this is not me going through this challenge. This is just having a body and so be nicer to myself and have more compassion to myself because this is something that I have to go through now and I'm gonna have to go through in another five years and another like it's just that is the cool part of being a human it's but it is also frustrating because it's like this moving target that you're just like "Ah!" you know it's like I you think yesterday doesn't work "Ah!" so you kind of have to just be like okay get rid of the perfection. Like it's not about finding, you know, the thing that's always going to work. The it's one just diet. About, exactly. It's like, it doesn't work. It's no. just about being like, okay, be centered in yourself enough to be aware enough of what you need. And, you know, when you've fallen off the horse, when you get back on, you know, like it's all just comes back to that awareness piece and compassion piece and growth. Yeah, it's true. I know when I was in the fitness world, uh, fitness professionals that I was in relationship with, they would each each season for sure. And maybe each show they would have to tweak their diet a different way than they did just in the last show. And they do multiple yes. shows per year. So, yeah. you know, this is, this is not new information for me, but it is, it yeah. is hard in our society to wrap our head around like, Oh, you mean keto is not going to work for me for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, well, especially Cause there's all those magazines that are like, this is the perfect diet. This is the best. Yeah. This is this. And it's like, well, maybe it is for you for one of those days of your lives. Maybe it's not, or maybe it's never good. Who knows? But it's just like, I don't know. Perfect has to be thrown out the window. It's like, you know, it's just so not helpful. It's growth. It's progress. It's compassion. And it's mainly just showing up every single day and putting in the work, the willingness. That's what that word. I like that. I'm going to steal that. Like just every single day. Yeah. Also having an accountability partner, you know, like the, the, the space and the container that you hold for your people, I can see is just like so powerful and solid and to, to be able to bump up against those walls of that container that you yeah, hold and have, so you, true. have you help someone get back on track. Absolutely. Priceless, honestly. So do you yeah, work with yeah. people of all different age ranges? Yeah. I have clients from like 13 to, I think my oldest client is like 88. And so it's nice. everything. From, yeah. From oh. like competitive athletes. Yeah, no, it's great. It's amazing. My, I have three clients right now who are in their 80s, 83, 85, and 88. And they're freaking amazing. Like, I'm just I like, put it. them back down. I'm like, okay, get down. They get down off the ground. They lift weights. They do balance. They use the BOSU. They're amazing. Wow. And then I have athletes and I have people who, you know, are dealing with like hip and knee and back stuff and Parkinson's, MS. Like, it's a wide range. It's why I love my job so much because it's really 
like help everybody find their fit and everybody can be active. It's a non-negotiable, but it's just, again, we circle back to what we started with. Like you just got to find what works for you and don't judge yourself and don't be like, well, that person does that. So I should be doing that. Like the shoulds, like stop shitting all over yourself. Like it's just, no, like just you do what you can do and you show up every single day and do something like whether it's a 10 minute walk or some dancing or some biking, whatever. It doesn't have to be well, there is no perfect, but it doesn't even have to be your version of perfect. It just has to be consistent daily movement because it's like drops in a bucket. They all slowly um, build up. And then eventually you're like, oh, I have this really full bucket of health and I feel good and I feel vital and, you know, stuff will be thrown at me and I will have bad days, but I have more resiliency uh, to fight those bad days, right? Like I can take it, it's like a little bit softer. I navigated a little bit better. um, And I just, you know, a course cracked a little bit faster. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And then you work with people virtually as well, right? Yeah. So right now, because of COVID, I would say I'm actually 60% virtual probably. And then 40% um, in person, just because a lot of my clients, like if they have any like autoimmune stuff or they're older, like not everybody is still comfortable coming in. Um, And I'm in Canada. So we were actually very locked down for a really long time. So people are slowly starting to come back into my studio Um, but still lots of virtual stuff. And then I have people who, you know, have basically like moved to their cottage. So now they're just virtual because they're out of the city. I have people who live in different countries, different, you know, I have one client who's in England. I have a couple, couple of people who went and visit family in California. So I've been, you know, training them. So yeah, so it's a mixture of virtual um, and in person. And then I do this online coaching program. I think the next one will probably be January uh, 2022, but it's just basically like, it's more of a group format. So it's a like a five week program where we find people's fit. And so we sort of work through different goals and yeah. So a lot of different variations of things keeps me interesting uh, or keeps my life interesting. Yeah. Uh, My website is uh, kathleentrotter.com. And then I'm fit by Kathleen T on all the social like Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. So definitely follow and join and register and have some fun and find your fit with this yeah. woman. <laughs> Perfect. And if, you know, if anybody listening has questions, like, honestly, I love chatting with people. So just reach out through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And I will definitely, you know, I'm happy to answer any questions. If, if there's something that we, they were like, you know, I have articles on my website too. So if you're like listening to me talk about that, you know, the brain and spam filters and you're like, what the hell was she talking about? Just email me and I can send out some links and, you know, I, I got, yeah, I got lots of information if you want it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. You always bring so much joy to my life. It's my pleasure. And honestly, like you're like, take the validation, like everything you said, it's like, your story is amazing. I think you should be so impressed with yourself. Like I'm impressed. Like it's so great. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's awesome that you have a podcast because everyone listening gets to be like inspired by your story. So it's awesome. Congratulations. That's why I do it. You know, I, I, am very passionate about helping people not have to go through the struggle that I've gone through. So (laughs) if I can like soften that blow for people at all, then I'm, that's why I show up every day. So, yeah. uh, well, thanks again. Thanks for being here. Thank you ladies. And we'll talk to you next time. My pleasure. Bye. Hey ladies, just a quick reminder, click on the link below to get in on your pre-Black Friday deal, saving $225 with four sessions with me, your energetic and spiritual warrior. I will help you repattern your subconscious programs, reset your nervous system, employ some spiritual healing, clear your energetics and your chakras, and simply hold your hand to help you find stability through these crazy, crazy times, mama. All right, I'm here for you and I look forward to it.
Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.